Welcome to Redeeming Poverty with Josh Murphy, Justin Crow, Brian Lewis, and me, Aaron Whitlow. Hello! Well, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to episode three, part two of Dukes. this Stephanie Ketchy story. Part two Welcome, is welcome back, Stephanie Ketchy. Yes. So glad. Is there a man from Wisconsin in the second part of your story? No. Too? No, no. Hers is going to be better than mine, I for sure. Well, I am. I, I, At least the beginning. I, I, I will say, if. If you're wa- if you're listening to these episodes, we've always got something cooking, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the fact that that Stephanie Ketchy is even, not in handcuffs right now, right now is an act of yeah. God. Why don't you tell us more about that, Stephanie? Yeah. Why don't you just add that into us the sub point of your yeah. story? Great way to start. So yeah. go ahead. What what happened? So you know, I was just driving along mm, that's what and, what they all um, say mm-hmm. they just tend those blue lights tend to just <laughs> come out of nowhere me. they just came out of nowhere but it, it was just like, like a oh, long version of what had happened was what had happened, what had happened was, was yeah. well what had happened was i had left um the women's program the women's house and headed here and i know i stopped at every stop sign and completely and counted one two three and all that and I was good, shame, and then I shame, wasn't. Shame. Here it comes. <laughs> so apparently, they are mm. um, checking license plates today randomly. Huh. Um, Gotta get them quotas up. Yeah. And when they did so, I drive a, a red Forte coupe, and my tags came back. A what a coupe? A Forte, Forte. coupe. It's your forte. Do you oh, have ten windows? Kia Forte coupe. Yeah. I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and they um, when they ran the tags, it came back as belonging to um a 2001 my, red mitsubishi oh my god you're kidding mitsubishi. Oh, okay yeah right and that what i, I said? said mazda 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 yeah. that is what i said <laughs> really? mazda, which i've never owned a mazda right and so I they're have. taking pictures of my vin and they're doing all Gosh. this stuff and then they want my license and they, they run it and sure right. enough it is mine <laughs> The tags are up to date. I'm not expired, and <laughs> oh, it is gosh. a red Forte Coupe 2010. And um, oh my god, they said that a lot of times people will steal these tags so that they can put them on a stolen vehicle. Mm-hmm. But that it's obvious that my vehicle is not stolen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I oh, don't know, gosh. but it was just uh-huh. another Pulled one of those em. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just PTSD Ooh, that was close. all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God, God they didn't search it. She was looking in it, too. Yeah, she yeah. was kind of looking, and, you know, it's not <laughs> oh, the cleanest on the inside. It kind of oh, looks like gosh. one of those old rides that I used to have, so yeah. I was, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. Great way to start a morning. Yeah. Wasn't there somebody recent? Well, we're glad we're glad you're here, first <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, I will say that that's not as good as my getting pulled over stories. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't. It wasn't a stolen prelude. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. but um, <laughs> but yes, um, we're glad that's the story you came up yeah. with for the yeah, listeners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, full, full mm-hmm. oh, wasn't gosh. there somebody recently that was pulled over and arrested with having five pounds of methamphetamines? Somebody that 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 we know? No, oh, no. the guy oh. recently. Yeah, there yeah. was somebody. It's like, uh, the fact that we have to ask that, like, yeah. somebody, like, like that we know. The guy like, yeah. that had all the fentanyl and all the meth it, and all the. He wasn't pulled over. He was yeah. found in a 
like in a building. Yeah, he was in a building. Oh, yeah. okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So and yeah, he had like weapons and over $2 billion yeah. worth of stuff. Yeah. Over $300,000 of cash. Was yeah. that here? Yes. No, it was I, think in I, remember see, I did. I think I did see that on. Yes, that was in Mullen yeah. Green. And let's just go. Well, never mind. I guess no, we'll yeah, let's do no it. can't start. Or no, wait. Maybe stop. I saw it on social media or something. I always can't love stop. to I see if I know him. Yeah, I know. There's zero chance that dude makes it to trial. Because if the cartel lost two million dollars worth of stuff, oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's, Sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was wondering. You mean that's not his money? <laughs> whoa, whoa! Well, whenever yeah. people get pulled uh-huh. over with all this, like all this stuff on them, it's like, I my first thought is, why carry it in your car? Like that's my first thought. Like why? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, be smarter. Drug because dealers, a giant guys. backpack looks super suspicious, just let me tell <laughs> right, you. <laughs> right. Maybe you should move your product on a skateboard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, one, or one of those scooters. Yeah. 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 Battery-powered scooter. Yeah. Oh, you see those videos of people who would ride their scooters to the grocery store, and then they walk out of the parking lot, and there's their scooter, and then they start pulling hooks out of their pocket and they start putting hooks on their belts and then hooking the oh, grocery yeah. bag to that, bags, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I saw one where she, this girl was doing this and she was also bought a box of dishes. Like literally. <laughs> oh my God. Ten bags of groceries, box of dishes. Somebody's just like gawking filming or going like, Watch, You're not going to not film her, that's watch, for sure. Yeah. Watch this magician yeah. who, who, who got... I'm not watching, you, I'm yeah. not, not watching yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah, this stunt double from uh, some movie it's you like watched. Right? So yeah. she takes the box of dishes and puts it on the scooter after she hooked all the bags around her waist, and she sits on the box of dishes uh-uh. and drives off. And I'm thinking... And they don't break? That's right. how you got to move your five pounds of meth. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That, Sit on those it. Those are the your mules that you're looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, so drug yeah. dealers, take notes. Yeah. Do y'all have yeah. trouble having conversations with, with people who don't live in our world, and then you bring up drugs, and they're like, look like there, you've committed yeah, the yeah. 11th yeah. command. Yeah. There's, you a, the 11th there's a lot commandment. of misunderstanding. Yeah. A lot of misunderstanding. Yeah, They're like, why are you laughing at that? I'm yeah, like, like this what, is just what that's, am I supposed to be doing? Terrible. Like, like, oh no, no, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know, no, no, say, it's horrible. It's, it's th- real. It's just but Tuesday. You know, I mean, it's real. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're like, because I was crying in my office the other day for something that was 15 times worse. Yeah, for sure. Like, like literally working here, we've experienced a guy in the lobby ODing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, he's like. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we called a like yeah. he came in. He's like, "Can you call the uh, ambulance?" Yeah, yeah. like, why well, not? Yeah. previous and, employee during his intake was uh, we we knew we knew he was like in alcohol withdrawal. Like mm-hmm. it was like setting in. We're all like watching it. We're like, yeah, watching it. Yeah, we're like, you need to hurry this up because yeah. he's got to get to the hospital really quick. And so we we were kind of shifting that direction. And next thing you know, like John and my uh, previous employee, John Calloway, our uh, former program director, like I just remember us all like in like he's sitting there and all of a sudden he's fell out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so and, and if you're listening if you're wondering, like, do you guys offer detox for alcohol alcoholism? Absolutely yeah. No, not. Yeah, alcohol you and Xanax, nope. Nope. like yeah. uh, uh, Benzos. the benzos. Mm-hmm. That nope. is a very, very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. You're yeah. get, you get you're getting yes. to the hospital. Yeah, because absolutely. you're just gonna go into yep. all kinds yep. of crazy. Episodes. Big time. Yeah, very yep. dangerous. Mm. Yep. They're like, you do detox for meth. I was like, 
Oh no no! Like we literally just put them in the room. Yeah, we don't yeah. even have to lock it. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. they just yeah. go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. really? They sleep for three I'm like, days. Yeah, yeah, for three, three days. days. Yeah. After yeah. they're after they're yeah. done seeing all the demons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After the, then they the wake psychosis, up and drink yeah. everything yeah. they can possibly get their hands. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, really? Like, yeah. It, yeah, it's really not that hard. Yeah, you're sleepy, aren't you? Yeah, you've been up for fourteen days, haven't you? Yeah. I just want my teddy bear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they lay down. Then they're yeah. out. Like, you don't yeah. have to, like, just just sleep. Just sleep it off. Yeah. Sleep it off. Sleep yeah. it off. Yep. Sleep it off. Yeah. yeah. The hardest part is the psychosis part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. When you yeah. have to convince them that the demons are not. They're well, not. They're not here, but they yeah, kind of yeah. are here, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody likes it. Yeah. The shadow, like the shadow people exist. They do exist. The shadow people exist. And that black dog. I remember. I've never heard clowns described this way before. I forgot the name of this, but I had something to happen, and I had to take something. And I had I stopped it because it literally one of the side effects is it causes nightmares mm. or something like that. And I was like, I don't like that. Yeah. And the, and the you one, sure it's not all the scary movies you watch? No, it was like literally. I remember, I don't know. I remember seeing somebody at my door, and all of a sudden they're right there. I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. yeah. can't do it. Yeah. Can't yeah. do it. That's can't awesome. do it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think people do get kind of uh, you know they're like. They, they hear it and they're like, well, man, how can these people just have that kind of sentiment towards some of this stuff? But, you know, when you when you take the shock and awe factor away from some of this stuff, uh, especially I think that a lot of people that aren't familiar with this kind of thing, like just, the, you know, the oh my gosh's and the oh, I just couldn't imagine's and that stuff. You know, once you once you get past the shock and awe, like it's it's like a battle hardened soldier, mm-hmm. you know. It's yeah. like once you've been in the trenches and you've kind of gotten, I, I say, gotten used to it. Yeah, you, you view well, it differently. But it's also, yeah. And if you're the one out there, unfortunately, yeah. and I, and I, we can say it to the people who understand. But yeah. you know, unfortunately, yeah. if you're looking at um, the this type of psychosis and those behaviors, that's what made. If you got that. That was a good one, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Without mm-hmm. it, it's no good. Right. And yeah. or if you're sick, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's sad. Yeah. It is so sad that that becomes a normal part. Yeah. yeah. Of the life. Yes, absolutely. That yep. is not at all. I mean, shock and awe to a person in in that place. To me, you know, back in the day, it, shock and awe is oh, I don't have to use. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, the the obsession has been removed and released. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the shock and all, and that's the miracle, right? Yes. Ab- mm. Yeah. Yeah. Could yeah. not agree more. Yeah. You know, that is one of the things that I think that I hold in the highest regard was that uh, obsession to use. You know, being being relieved. Mm-hmm. You know, by by faith and and by working a program of recovery mm-hmm. with a, a Jesus yes. a Jesus centered Center, program yeah. of recovery. You know, that's yeah. that's an idea or that's that's a phrase that I never thought never thought possible. No. You know, I I could not imagine a life like that. No, never. You know, never. Well, that's so encouraging just to uh, get this started and see um, Stephanie tell us your um, you know finish telling us your story um, about. Um, just the turn that hopefully yeah. we're going to hear about today. Yeah. And, and so we're going to let you take the plane off okay. and um, continue on. Yeah. So if, you know, picking up from last time, if I remember toward the end, I was just um, talking about how I went into that relapse mm-hmm. um, and how it happened with very small, seemingly innocent um, 
steps, so to speak. Um, and the next thing you know, without me even knowing, mm-hmm. there I was. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, that went on for me for a while. And, and if you don't remember, I had this is after eight years clean. Um, this is after going back to school, graduating from and working the program, right? Working the program, hardcore, a secular program, right? Okay, hardcore, um, raising my daughter, being a good mom, all the things, right? And then all of a sudden, here I am back in this world, one foot in the world and one foot in this, this, uh, quote unquote normal world. Mm-hmm. So now I'm living in a normal neighborhood with normal neighbors, um, you know, uh, Indian Hills Country Club, where my parents were members, like, within walking distance. Um, and I'm living here, and I'm, I'm going from there to the worst parts. Right. Right? And I'm going back and forth and back and forth. And it just, it, it's it was a long, I'll just tell you that it, and I don't know, one of you guys tell me, because I'm terrible um, quoting scripture, uh, verse um book and verse but um where when the pigs go running off and they Mm -hmm. talk about the demons Mm -hmm. where when they leave they'll come and you clean your house and it's swept you know but the demons will come back seven times what is that help me crow pastor crow Mm mm-hmm Oh, the pass, the token pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was with it. I thought I was with it. I was thinking, oh, yeah. Do you know what pigs, I'm talking about? I'm like, oh, like the demons. It, yes, it, it basically means like if you open the door back up to them, they're going to, then now they kind of know where they're. Yeah. They're going to come back seven times. Like gonna he's going to come friend, back. They're going to bring more. their friends back. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the so, strong, strong man, right? Is that it? And, and here's the thing is like, not, saying all relapse is demonic by any stretch of the imagination but um we see this though in relapse is that someone gets clean when they go back to it it's like they they pick up where they left off in the sense of you know it may have taken five years for them to get as bad as they got then they get sober for two years and then they relapse and it's like it takes them five days to get as bad as they got it's almost it's almost immediate right and so this is how it was for me and so what i've learned um because like i said i had those eight years and so um this was the worst i mean it was worse than it ever had been before and so once i got clean again and I'll get to that. I'm getting there. But once I got clean again, um, what had not been explained to me in all of those meetings and all of that, but it became very clear to me that when they talk about, and you'll hear people in secular recovery when they refer to it as the disease of addiction. Right. now refer to it as the disease of sin, right? Right. Um, but when you're dealing with it, they talk about it being progressive. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about progressive, it doesn't stop, right? So if I couldn't use successfully when I quit the first time in 96, um, then I certainly wasn't going to be able to use successfully when I picked up again eight years later. And if I were to pick up today, I'm not going to be able to pick up successfully again. But what happens is, is that's progressing along with me, like the psychological pieces, all that is progressing. Mm -hmm. So when I picked back up, I did not, this is, this is the thing. I did not pick up where I left off. 
I didn't pick up where I left off at 96. I picked up where as if at ba- as bad as it was in 1996 when I got clean the first time, if I had continued using for another eight years, mm. that's where I picked up mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. relapsed. Yeah, full-fledged. And, yeah. And so I want to ask you this as well because you mentioned it. So essentially you were living in two worlds at the time because yeah. you was – uh, say, staying by your parents' house at the you know country club and, yeah. the, and all that, so it's a well-to-do type of place. Mm-hmm. And then you was also crossing into this other right. place where right. where addiction is, right. and you can, like can do right. what you want to do. Well, gosh, that's well, where the substances are very, easier to get. Right. Well, right? it's very important to know that like the this the sin does not discriminate. Right. Mm-hmm. We all we all deal with sin. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who are more prone to alcohol and drugs as a way to escape whatever it is we don't like, um, it doesn't matter. We used to say it doesn't matter if you graduated from Yale or jail, right? If you're sleeping on Park Row or the park bench, like it's gonna hit it's gonna get you right. wherever. So it doesn't matter if I'm out here by Indian Hills Country Club where I've now been clean for eight years, raising my child, soccer mom, violin, taking her to violin lessons, all this stuff. It doesn't matter. When I have to get what I have to get, you know, I would say they don't sell it in that neighborhood, but then I did. Right. <laughs> so you're right, you're right. I yeah. don't know. You yeah. just never know. <laughs> like this show, Weeds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah. now today it's like, back to the, it doesn't discriminate, like, reality of it is, is I think the difference between, you know, uh, a, what, what you would call a stable, established, well to do neighborhood. Is it's just easier to hide it there, mm-hmm. and it's 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 easier to um, bury your mistakes with um, with a little bit of cash yep. just to shut people up. Yeah, you know. It's, so yeah. I, I I would say it's it's more prone and active than we may realize. Absolutely, um, it's just easier to hide and disguise it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like the same thing that you was going through your whole life, where yeah. you say that like you have this picturesque type of. Yeah. Household, family, and everything. Yeah. But underneath everything, you still have that Same old thing. Yeah. Right? Because underneath it all, and like Brian mentioned last time, but like underneath it all, still that that void, that searching, that that searching for what what is it that I need to just relieve me, yeah. relieve me from this. Not only relieve me from... Um, from like the misery of the druggies, but relieve me from the misery of just day to day life. Like yeah. I don't like living this life. Remember, right. I talked about wanting to just like uh, felt like I was wearing a Halloween mask yeah. like all yeah. the time. And I think that is a common peril uh, with with just about everybody with that struggles mm-hmm. with addiction. Mm-hmm. That that common peril so. right Absolutely. there that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And so somewhere along the line, the mask have to go right. right? And we have to get honest with everything. But yep. so this, so this relapse and I'll just move through it really quick. Cause it's just, there's just so much, but just, it, it went so quickly. Um, it did not, it was very quickly that I had gone through all my money, um, that I had saved. I had gone through, um, I was writing cold checks. I had gone through a money market fund and was writing cold checks. Mm -hmm. I had pawned everything that I had to pawn. I had pawned everything my daughter had to pawn. Um, I was, um, you know, going to my grandparents' house. I think I talked about that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, putting them and myself in danger. Um, And I say putting myself in danger because, you know, where, where I grew up, my 
my pop granny and papa slept with a gun next to their bed mm-hmm. and i'm in there in the middle of the night crawling around yeah, on the floor rummaging around rummaging right. around yeah, and yeah. it's a wonder my own grandparents didn't take me out yeah. right mm. um so anyway it just it went on and it went on and it went on and it went on and there was um for the first time there in my history it was a history of um uh needle use um, everything I said I wouldn't do, I did. Yep. Um, for the first time in my history, there was, you know, my parents telling me they were done with me. They never wanted to see me again. Um, for the first time in my history, I had a child that I loved, that I was breaking her heart, mm-hmm. and it was destroying me. And I was sitting and feeling like um, I wanted to cry. I felt like in my gut the feelings of wanting to cry and literally I was so numb the tears wouldn't come. Um, There was just so much, you know, seven times more the pain um, and the fear and the just hopelessness. Um, And for the first time, you know, realizing that it wasn't just all about me. I was taking taking a lot of people with me. Um, And so... You know, at the end, I'm just I'll fast forward because because really it, it's the same old story, right? Um, but toward the end, for me, I was um, it was one particular night, and you know, I couldn't even it 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 wasn't working anymore. Very quickly, for those who know, like it doesn't work very long, right. <laughs> and there's never enough. Right. There's just never enough. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really was so tired of of hurting and and it wasn't really I was hurting but my pain was coming from that it wasn't because I was hurting because I just don't like living this life I was hurting because my my soul was just broken my daughter my everything um I couldn't believe that I was here like I could not believe that this was this was going on, and so, you know, I wanted to die. Yeah, and it, it it had gone beyond. You know, I think I mentioned last time about how well if nobody loved me and nobody knew me, then I could just be disappear and mm-hmm. and and nobody would have to hurt. It had progressed to, okay. I called my mom one night, and um, this is really where the spiritual turn kind of takes or starts I called my mom and you know I had been done all the begging all the pleading all the praying to God all the stopping in random churches to go in and pray and just crazy stuff and I called her and I said um you know I need to ask you a question and um they had my daughter and I said you know do you think that um my daughter's name is Harley do you think that Harley would be better off for me to continue to hurt her over and over and over again? Or do you think it would be best if she just hurt really, really bad just once? Mm. Because I couldn't do it anymore. And um, by the grace of God, my mom said, you know, Stephanie, no matter what you're doing and where you are, Harley needs her mother. Yeah. She she was she picked up on the yeah. on the undertones. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. Yeah. And you remember I had grown up listening to my mom talk about wanting to die. Right. But like I right. didn't see that she really had any reason. Now I look back and I think, well, mate, who knows what she was struggling with, mm-hmm. right? right? But I 
really was just ready to just be done with so it. So if she, had she have unfortunately had she have given you that affirmation mm-hmm. that you was looking for mm-hmm. or confirmation mm-hmm. that you're looking for, mm-hmm. you might have. I, I would have done everything I could in that night, in that moment, to take myself out with the drugs. Yeah, at least try. I was, right? uh, yeah, at least try. Yeah. At yeah. least try. Um, I had a plan. Yeah. I was ready, and I was hoping it was going to work. Yep. Um, and so, this is one of those stories. You know, I, I it's kind of crazy that I'm sharing it in this way because I haven't. I've shared it with quite a few people, but I don't share it with just everyone because it sounds so far out. It's okay. We think only four people listen. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, Ms. Josh Murphy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And me. Yeah. And you know, Aaron and Justin Crow. And, oh, well, and now you me. Can be yeah. five. And now me. Okay. Okay. This is good. Yeah. So. So feel relaxed. So you know, I didn't. Again, I didn't have. I, I knew. You know, God for me was was Jesus Christ. He was my Lord and Savior. I didn't have the relationship with Him at all that I do today. Um, didn't really know anything about spiritual realm, spiritual warfare, you know, any of that stuff. And right. I just, when I hung up the phone from talking to my mother, I just, um, I said, I, I just, I, I, I called out to God yep. again, <laughs> but in a different way. And I, I, based, I had been saying all along, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And so I won't use like all the expletives that I used, mm-hmm. but I basically spoke to him in a very raw and real way and yeah. said, you know, and you can insert words, right? Yeah. Um, if you want me to do this, if you want me to live, then you're going to have to do it for me yeah. because I cannot do it. Even with your help, mm. the best I can do is tell you do it. I'm done. You, you yeah. essentially gave God an ultimatum. Yeah. Like, I'm not asking you to help me anymore. I'm yeah. saying do it. Yeah. Just yeah. do it. Yep. And there was, uh, there was um, a very um, real, physical, spiritual moment for me. Yep. Um, I, I felt... Um, I don't know if anybody's ever been in a building when like a, tor- a tornado rolls over top <laughs> Hello, of it or whatever, right? <laughs> right? And like yeah. you can feel, you yeah. can feel the force, like no, you I can feel the it. strength of it going across the building. I could feel something like that, like not on me physically, but it was almost like it was just something was shifting in my in my world, yeah. in my heart, in my universe, right? Like um, I couldn't explain what it was, and and I didn't hear any audible sounds, <laughs> no audible voice, but what what I heard was it's finished. Yeah. Mm. Those words, it is finished. And so I took, I had dope left. I had people downstairs using, and I did what no drug addict does, what especially no crack addict does. Um, I took what I had and I put it, I put it in a bedside table drawer and I went downstairs and I told the people, so here's the deal. Do what you got to do. Find your way out of here. But I'm done. It's over. You got to go. And I went upstairs and I did another thing that no um, crack addict ever does. And I laid down on my bed and I actually fell asleep. I didn't Mm. lay there wishing I could sleep. I fell asleep. And I don't know how long it was. A few hours. I woke up. It was very clear 
to me what I had done and still that it was, I'm done. This is over. And um, I opened up the bedside table drawer. There it was. Um, I picked it up. No craving, no no torture, no fight. And I walked straight to the bathroom and I flushed it down the toilet. Yeah. Um, that was the last time um, that I ever smoked crack or had a needle in my arm. Um, I did try making it back to um, the secular recovery. Um, I did well for a while. Um, and I did have a relapse. Um, so for me, um, there's there's two clean dates for me. Um, February 5th of this year was 17 years since I've had any crack or wow. a needle in my arm. Mm. Um, November 30th of last year, so right at the end of last year, um, was 16 years since I've had anything. That's amazing. Um, so I, I, I did get a few 30 days. Where's the round of applause button there? I know, right? <laughs> Where you're slacking over there, bud. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I did, um, I got um, a few 30 days-ish in there somewhere, and that little thing that comes back that says, well, I can just smoke weed. Right. Or I can just drink. Um, that's okay as long as I'm not smoking crack that that came back Um, and so I did drink and I did smoke weed Um, not much but I drank a lot Um, all the way up until November 30th Um, and what what was revealed to me there was during that time frame I was able to get um, some time with my daughter bring her back um, with my mom would bring her and would come and would stay with her at my house so that we could have our time together. But she would stay upstairs just because, for one, my daughter was scared to be with me. Right. Um, broke yeah. my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but as it eased off and she could come stay for overnight without my mom, well, so I was still doing this drinking deal and I was in another toxic relationship. and um, And so what happened was the stuff that, Again, you can't believe you would ever do, but you Tell know, I'm wanting, I'm wanting <laughs> yeah. to, I'm wanting to um, involve my daughter because she's back in my life. Right. So how can I drink and have her? So I know what we'll do. It's a beautiful day, and we're going to open up the back door, let the sunshine in, turn on the music, and I'm going to teach you how to play quarters, and you're going to drink root beer. <laughs> And my daughter is an awesome quarter. Where's the round of applause? But just the insanity of yeah. trying like, to really wanting to do what's right and just craziness. Yeah. And then there were the times that I had her in my car. And I'm like, what am I doing driving with one eye open mm-hmm. with my daughter in the car? Like, yeah. what is wrong? So then it, it became very clear to me that, okay, crack is not the enemy. Like, I'm the I'm the problem. It, you know, the, I can't do anything. Right. I, it's, it's, it's nothing for me, right? Exactly. Like, I cannot do anything. And so I did um, make my way back to secular recovery. Um, this is after about four years, I struggled for, I mean, this relapse was an absolute nightmare, um, nightmare. And, and the reason the one of the biggest reasons it was the nightmare is because I had someone for the first time in my life that I loved more than I loved myself, even though it never, it doesn't sound like I loved myself 
through all my story, and, and I wouldn't necessarily call it love, but I thought of myself. Like, it was always either oh, woe is me, or right. I'm sad, or, you know, but, like, I had her. And so, um, yeah, so I made it back, and got, it didn't take very long. You know, one thing, if you're out there and you're listening, or if you have people, like, if you if you struggle with the addiction yourself, or if you love people who do, and you see them go through this, um, you know, one thing is is that there's always seeds being planted when you're around recovery. Amen. So if if you're clean for you know two days and you hear something, um, whether or not you realize it, it's there. So yep. when I when I got back, it took me a minute to kind of reintegrate myself into that programming and all that. But very quickly, very quickly. All of the eight years came flooding back. And so now I'm standing on the shoulders of the eight years of work that I had previously done. And it, those eight years were like, oh my gosh, like it was like everything's wide open. Like I see this on a whole other level yeah. now, right? And so it was during this time early on um, in my return to recovery that I really started um, craving craving more of God for the first time I was craving God and I would go home and I would read books and I would you know I would do everything I could to try to you know books on how do you pray how do you meditate how do you talk to God how do you how do you hear God like just you know and nothing was happening for me it really wasn't and I was getting angry again very sad again because I wanted this and I it wasn't happening. Yeah. You almost feel stagnant. Yes. Almost like you're yeah. spinning tires. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I was praying to the best of my ability. Okay, God, like I know it was you. It's always been you. I know you're with me. You've always been with me. Um, but I, it's not enough for me anymore to just know. I want to feel you. Mm-hmm. I, I want... I want more of you. And um, I had started a new job, the job that I worked before I I came to Hope House. And um, I was just having all these conversations with him. Well, I didn't realize it then. But looking back, um, he was answering me. He was placing these people. So there was the, the clinical director out there. She and I became really good friends. She was inviting me to go to church with her. I didn't go. Um, he was sending this other lady who became like um, she deci- she and her husband discipled me actually um, um, into my life, and she was like this Jesus freak that was so far out. I was like, and now I'm like just like her. Um, <laughs> you know, they were coming in and they were putting like sticky notes like Jesus loves you and scripture on my desk and bringing me pictures of like because I had these toxic relationships still. Um, of like a lion coming down the steps in the back of a of a bride in a wedding gown, and I'm like, "Ew, what are you? This is gross! Like, what does any of this even mean? Yeah. You know, C-I-A, I just like a Christian interrogation associate. Yeah. I'm telling you, I couldn't handle it. But they just kept on and they kept on, and then then came this 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 cool little dude by the name of Adam Hammonds, you know, and young Hammonds love me some Adam Hammonds, you know, yeah. and so all. All of a sudden, I had these people who were talking to me, and they were sharing scripture with me, and we were sharing, and 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 they were doing this thing with me, right? And so, one of them, you know, Tamara, I finally went to church with her, um, and it was like 
no, it, there was just like, I cried. Yeah. I heard, I heard that he loved me. Um, I never heard that in the church that I grew up in, but I heard in this church and I cried and I felt, although I was sitting in a remodeled movie theater. Mm. I used to work <laughs> um, in that movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting in there and it was different, very different from yeah. the churches that I had grown up in. And I felt like God was with me. Yeah, And that's really where it started for me. And, and so then, you know, she and her husband bought me a Bible. I'd had a Bible before. I'd tried to read the Bible before. Open it up like a book, right? Page one and try to read. I never that's made it through Genesis. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> and so they've got me a Bible and they're saying, okay, start here. We're going to, we're going to start in the book of John and we're going to, and I'm like, okay. And so at work, Adam Hammonds and Tamara and myself, we were reading the Bible. We were sharing. They, they were teaching me. I was I was relating and able to start connecting the pieces. And I was saying, oh, this is the one I really love. This, I, Oh, I love that. And um, it was happening for me, right? But I went, but I didn't, I still didn't know it. I still was wanting more. And so there was a night where I had been, I went to the beach um, with my mom. We were at her condo and I was outside and, and uh, I, I kind of had it out with God, you know, um, if this is it, if this is as far as it goes, if this is as much as I can have, I'll take it. I really want more, but I'll take it. And um, fast forward, not very far after that, I'm talking within months, um, I had just a moment, an experience of... Um, I fell head over heels in love with Jesus. Um, and in that moment, I realized he had been listening to me all along. He had brought all these people to me and all these sticky notes and all these pictures and all this, uh, this is how you listen to Christian radio and, you know, all this stuff that was being taught to me. It was him yeah. pursuing me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, didn't you get yeah, the memo? Yeah. <laughs> they, I stuck it on your computer screen, you know, a million times. But, like, he had pursued me in a way that, you know, it, and it was beautiful, yeah. and it was no longer gross. And I was like, I get it, I get it, I get mm. it. Like he's the lion of the of the tribe of Judah, and he's the king, and and we're the bride, you know. And it's like I was so I could not believe that that someone could love me that way. And that's what changes. And that's what changed everything. everything. Yep. And it was the heart change. Yes. It was the yes, okay, yes, yes. you know. I, from there, you know, you, you listened. I mean, and then I was the Jesus freak, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, I wanted just, I wanted to tell everybody. Mm. I wanted to tell everybody, and I did. And so my buddies, my family of choice at Narcotics Anonymous were like, no, 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 you can't do that. Mm. You know how we do here. Watch me. You yeah, can't right. talk yeah. about Jesus in here. You right. know how we do. And I really tried to like, okay, I'm going to, I can do this. I can balance this. Right. Um, I understand why we do this. Um, and I would listen and, and I would hear, um, you know, someone who didn't know anything about recovery come in from like a halfway house and just beat down and they would hear the serenity prayer. And they would share, like, I'll never forget this one guy. He's like, oh, that serenity prayer that we share in here. I mean, this is a guy, no telling what it took for him to open his mouth to speak. Mm -hmm. 
and he thought he had something really cool to share. And he was like, I was reading, I was reading some Bible stuff last night and I came across this and it's a longer version of the serenity prayer. And I wanted to read that. And he starts reading it and the chairperson's like, stop, you can't read that. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, like, how just not into it. At yeah. that moment, it wasn't even really about, oh my gosh, okay, you've shut Jesus down. It's like, you've, you've shut him down yeah, right. because you don't want to hear about Jesus. Yeah. So now you've you've harmed yeah. no telling. I don't and even know. That would have been a pivotal yeah. part of his yes, recovery. Yeah, because yeah. this, and so I started getting really kind of enraged, if you will. Right. Like there was something it's growing in me. It's the zeal, yeah. and it was like this is not okay. And so then I started sharing. You know, I was the, you know I was I was the person there. You know, <laughs> and so all of a sudden I'm like coming out and i'm break i'm stepping on toes and i'm crossing the line and jesus jesus Jesus. and i'm saying you know you've invited me to share for your celebration well okay i'm gonna share (laughs) you asked for it you asked for it (laughs) you know and i'm like you know basically saying so here's the deal we're not supposed to share about the god of our understanding here Okay, so I don't want to hear any more about how for you, your higher power is the group. I don't want to hear any more from you that your sponsor is the higher power that you look to. Like, no, if you're naming yours, I'm going to name mine, right? Mm -hmm. And so here's the deal. It's not good orderly direction. It's not the great outdoors. It's not the group conscience. It's Jesus Christ, Uh right? And I know this doesn't go over well, but until... Everyone here understands that if you're going to share one, we're going to share them all. Mm-hmm. This, this is the way it's going to have to be. And so I was really in a battle now with my people, right? right? Um, and um, it was a struggle. And I, I spent some time with my pastor, and he said, I believe that, you know, you can have, you can have either or. Mm-hmm. You can have both and. Um. Or you can have, you know, and he said, and I believe right now um, it's it's both and, but you're moving very quickly toward either or. Mm-hmm. And I was scared because if you don't go to meetings, you're going to get high. Right. If you don't go to meetings, you're going to die, right? And I'm like, hold on. I was going to meetings. I was chairing meetings. I was sponsoring people. I was doing all the stuff. And so if if I, if I it wasn't a... a, a uh, religious zeal, then what did I go out on? Mm-hmm. I went out on an NA zeal, mm-hmm. right? And I don't care what they say. Like, I'll, I'm just I'm just on my little soapbox here, but I'm getting <laughs> this out I here. I love the soapbox. Because, like, I don't get to say this very often, but, you know, they are a religious program. Mm-hmm. They have literature that they follow. Mm-hmm. They do, uh, they do uh, what is it, uh, response and call and response. Mm-hmm. They they do they, they do it every and, day and, a certain way. It's almost there. like Paul when he looks at the church. He get, looks at and acts like you. You look to be very religious, very religious. Uh, I just read uh, very yeah. spiritual. Yeah. But he basically said, "But you're you're not yeah. you're not worshiping uh, uh, right unknown thing. God." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Token Let me tell you who God Token is. Pastor says that's Acts seventeen. In case you really care. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, but it was that. It was like, yes, you are. It's just the wrong one. Right. It's the wrong one. And so I'm not doing this anymore. And and, me, and also, you know, what you the similarities you're saying cuz essentially they even call their their book the big book. The big book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. The basic text, the big book, the 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 devotional, 
the the daily devotional um you know uh we don't we don't do uh bible studies we do big book studies you know just it's the whole thing and so um i did try i did try by the way i, I called the na um world service organization um and i asked could i could i have um come up with start begin a um a christian meeting they told me no um and i said well i want to know why and they said well because that is uh, one that's a certain group of people and i Mm -hmm. said well okay but we have meetings for young people we have meetings for men we have meetings for women we have meetings for lgbtq sure um why can't we have meetings for christians sure and it was a fight and so I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Like, I'm done. And so it was scary. Um, I've been to a few. I mean, that was years ago. We're looking at probably, I don't know, it's probably, it's been over 10 years. Um, I've been to a couple of meetings because people I care about there that I've loved, that I've gone to watch them celebrate, or um, someone who was really struggling that wanted to go that said, I know you know people, will you go with me? I'm scared. I've done that. I mean, not even not even a full handful of times. Um, and I haven't, by the grace of God, used again because I didn't stop doing what was working. And what was working was God. Yeah. Okay? He's always worked, and he always will work. And he never left me. I, I walked away from him. I didn't see him. I wouldn't see him. I refused to see him for years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I know that today, like, if I, if I stop looking to him if i stop growing in christ if i stop getting in his word and letting him reveal himself to me like i could go back any day right Right. because i'm a sinner that's been saved by grace Mm -hmm. but i'm not perfect and won't be until i'm face to face in glory right um so I think about some of the things that, that they would share about like you know they if if you go to secular recovery they say Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are the keys. Mm-hmm. With these, we are well on our way. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, honesty. Well, honesty is telling the truth, right? Well, what is the truth? He's the truth. Mm-hmm. He's the way. Yeah. He's the life. It's him. It's him. And so, I, you know, I just, um, I really, really started uh, just on this journey with Jesus and um, from there, but there was something missing, right? It was like, okay, I had this fellowship of people. I had this place where I could share experience, strength, and hope. I had this place I could help others. Right. I don't have that anymore. Right, which um, is a big part of recovery for, for long-term sobriety. Yeah, it really, it really is. It yeah. is. And and thankfully, you know, I did meet um, a couple of other women in church through Bible study who um, invited me into their home, and because God had prepared me when I didn't realize what he was doing, I had become very comfortable sharing my story and and not with shame, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I shared openly around these women, and they didn't shun me. These church women did not shun me. They stayed after and pulled up a chair and said, tell me more because I think my husband has, or I'm worried about my so-and-so. And so then all of a sudden I could see where, okay, I can still help people. There's people right here in church, their families, and they don't know what I know and they don't know where to reach out for help. Right. 
and and so I can still help. And um, I've helped a lot of people who've called me um, and said they've gotten my number from someone in church. And, you know, would I help them? Would I talk to them? I've done that. But I really wanted to, I still, all I kept saying was, I just want to help women. I want to help women who've been where I've been. And I want to tell them that here's the real deal. You don't ever have to live like this again. Yeah. And you don't have to do this, 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 and this. It's Jesus. Yeah. It's Jesus. And so... I tried to figure out how can I do this? And, you know, once again, it's not about me figuring it out, right? Like he gave me a vision, but it wasn't really playing out. And I'm thinking, I know I saw it. <laughs> I know I saw it. And then something crept in that says, you know, maybe you need to go back to school. Because if you're going to tell people about Jesus, you don't want to be a stumbling block. And you don't, you know, you can talk about what he's done for you all day and you can share your love for him all day long. But if someone had a real, um, like, serious question about the Bible or, you know, theological or something like like, I don't know that, right? right. I'm not there. <laughs> and so um, I kind of fought it for a minute because I never wanted to go back to school. I hate to take tests and write papers. <laughs> um I second that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I had to go to school. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I failed. But I found myself no. back in, so I'm in school now. I'm in school, and I've been, like, plugging along one, you know, a class here and there at a time. Um, um, I'm in seminary school, and I'm working on a master's degree in biblical counseling, and it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind that, not that I'm in school, but that I'm, in school for this right and um but i've been doing it for a while doing it for a while and um still was just kind of feeling like i'm still not helping anybody what's going on and then god rocked the boat again in my world mm-hmm. out at the place where i was working things were changing and he knew i'd been set in stone i wasn't going anywhere um but it became so uncomfortable and uh i i, I got in it was one of my my other, I haven't had a lot of battles with God, but like this was another one. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I know I heard you. Like, are Do you going to step use in and this? help here or what? Are right? you going <laughs> to use this or you're not going to use this? Was I supposed to go to school? Was I not supposed to go to school? Because I really don't want to write this paper. Like, you know, like. Well, how'd you stop the sticky notes? What are, yeah, what are you yeah. doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and so, but, but I, I mean, I battled and I was in my living room floor and I was, and then it was like, um, okay, God. I hate this because it was about work. It was about everything. It was like, what am I doing? Um, and I I said to him, you know, it, well, first of all, it was revealed to me that, okay, you're in another toxic relationship, and it's the place you work. Mm. Um, and you're scared that if you leave, it'll get better after you leave, and somebody else will get what you had. Or you're scared that if you leave, there's not going to be anywhere else for you to go. So you're just going to stay and you're going to tell yourself all the things you used to say. Well, it it could be like this. It could be like that. At least it's not this. At least it's not that. I'll just stay because how are we going to make it? How are we going to make it? I'll never make as much as I make here and all that, right? And then, but I had this battle and it was like, um, I said, okay, fine. Literally in my living room said, okay, fine. If this is what you want, if you will bring, if you bring it to me, Fine, I'll go work at Hope House. <laughs> yeah. right. If you bring it to me, I don't even care if it's a pay. Like if I don't care if about the money. Okay, I'll like I love you more than I love the money. Right, I will go. Um, and it was not. I, I kid you not. It was. Not, I, he's just so good. Um, 
within an hour, I got a text message from my old buddy, Adam Hammonds. <laughs> this is bonkers. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> even heard this part. Yeah. And, I, I believe it or not, Adam Hammonds is actually the one that got me into into program yeah, living. Yeah, isn't the it amazing? I'm telling you, I it's love crazy. Him. Love him. He. We all have our tinfoil hats on right now, right? That just me. So he sends me this text, and he's like, "Because you know, Adam had left, and in in the bridge where I was working, and had been gone a while, but we had remained friends, and we would talk here and there, and but it had been probably a year since I've heard from him, and um." He's like, hey, I got a buddy of mine, and we're getting ready to start a celebrate recovery meet, re- meet a celebrate recovery meeting, and we need you to be the female leader. And so I thought God was throwing me a bone. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, He's going to let me help some people while I'm going to school and writing papers, like right, like He's He's not done with me. He is going to use me yeah. in some way. And so um, I was really excited about it. And Adam then says, and by the way. My wife works at this place called Hope House Ministries, and I think they may be looking for a director for their women's program. And Stephanie, you would be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, but like I just told God that I would do it, right? But I'm like, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know how. Yeah, maybe. So then, Adam, every CR meeting, have you sent your resume? They really <laughs> want to see your resume. They're wanting to see your resume. Yeah. No, not yet. Stephanie, just send them your resume. Okay, okay. When I'm busy, I'm in school. When I get out of school, mm. then I get a message from Casey, his wife. Like, hey, Stephanie, this is Casey Hammonds, Adam's wife. I was wondering if you had that. I'm like, oh, fine. I'm going to get a re- Okay, so I do the resume. And, um, you know, I just kind of started the process. And the next thing you know, it was a clear you know when God's got a hold of you, got, and He's telling it. you you're gonna do this. Yes, yes, you're gonna Here's do this. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you're gonna do this whether you want to do it or not, and no matter how you try, like you already know, whatever excuses you come up with for yourself, you already know you're gonna have to do it. So it was discussions with my husband. Um, just when I heard about it, also, too, back up, I started out at the other place at work. I realized, okay, this is this toxic relationship, so I'm getting out, right? So I started packing things. I mean, I've been there over a decade. People were asking me, have you, like, are you leaving us? Do you have a new job? I'm like, no, I don't have a new job. But I'm walking in faith. I don't know where God's taking me, but I'm putting one foot in front of the other, and I'm packing as if he's got some place for me to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when it came time, when I accepted, when I signed, you know, the contract and I accepted the position at Hope House, half my office, more than half my office was already packed and ready to go. <laughs> right? Um, it was just amazing. And and I talked to my pastor, uh, you know, it, there was the financial stuff, but that's a huge part for me too because – I knew that I knew that God doesn't just show up. He shows out. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I knew that it would have been a real easy decision for me to leave this place and come over here, which is everything I said I wanted to do. Right. And there not be, I don't want to call it a sacrifice, but something that, that made it a little difficult, right? Because that would have been too easy. And for me, I needed to know that I was doing this Hope House for the right reasons. And I needed to know that I was going to see very clearly God work another miracle in my life. 
And um, after, you know, talking to Adam York, who was over there at the time, and walking in to see and just visit, just look at the place, and a, a, one of the residents came around the corner and was like, are you Stephanie? And I'm like... Who's asking? <laughs> Who you I'll just say her name. She won't care. I'm like, April? <laughs> she's like, oh, my gosh, it is you. And she comes up. She's like, can I hug you? Like, can I talk? And I, yes. And and we had known each other in, in, in a many years before. Mm. And um, she had, like, four months clean at the time. And she asked me how long I had. And I told her. And she was like, you can do that. I'm like, and you can, too. Mm. And so just confirmation yep. everywhere. Every turn. Right? Yeah. Every <laughs> turn. And so um, here's the deal. I started Hope House Ministries in um, August of 2023. Um, I did take the pay cut. And on paper, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on paper, I don't know how this is working. Mm-hmm. The way that it's working but it's not just working good it's nothing's changed right <laughs> nothing's changed i still am able to get my nails done. that's right <laughs> nails did sometimes yeah. right i'm still <laughs> able to take my little dogs and get them groomed i'm mm-hmm. scared about that right. like it, it nothing's changed and this is how i get to say like this is all god yeah He's doing it. I'm not doing This is all about Him. Hope House is about God. Hope House is about, it's His work. It's hope in Him. And and it's like, I don't do anything. I just get to show up here and do everything I said I wanted to do, which is talk to women who have been where I've been and love on them and tell them, you don't have to live like this anymore. And it's not just a random person. I mean, lots of people can share with them. The love of Jesus, right. and okay, we need, and we need and we need you to come and do that. And, right? But but y'all do, you know, all of y'all do, Our and, staff, and many need, people do. Volunteers. Many <laughs> people do. And here's the thing: Absolutely. everybody brings something to the table, right. right? Right. It just so happens that not only am I this this little redneck hick Kentucky girl who loves the Lord like yeah. crazy, right? I've also literally been exactly on the streets yep. they've been on, and in the, the alleys they've yes, been in. I've yes, done yes, what they've yes. done. I've had the toxic relationships. Yes. I've used exactly on the street that I work on. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a house across the street and to the right, a couple. Is it about a community store? Like right across the street? No, down, it, no, no. If you go out and you look to the right, and there's this little, it looks a little different now, but you can see we're back in the day. It was an A-frame, and they've added like a little, I used to live there mm. when I was three, four years old. Right. Right? Like, I've literally been brought full circle. It's yeah. just, oh, stomping grounds. And, yeah. yeah. And at first, it was a little scary. Like, oh, my gosh, I haven't been over here, you know, because... If you're doing this thing right, you don't come over here right. unless you have to. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm not going over there if yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. Um, and now there's, you know, very quickly the fear dissipated. I mean, yeah. it's home. I'm home. Yeah. And it's just been the most beautiful. Um, I just, I can't believe, I, I can't believe he lets me do it i can't believe i'm like i'm the little girl that that gets to do this 
I said you the know? same thing. It, it feels undeserving. It is undeserving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't just feel it. It is. Yeah, it yeah. is. That out of all people, right. to, to these these women and then the men at the men's house and the people that, that come into the community store and the people that we get to talk to and just reach, just develop relationships with, I mean, they let us into their lives. And it is it is a blessing. Yeah. It is a blessing. I don't, the days can get long. Yes. So what? I did that where I was working before. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was working before, you know, you, you could talk about Buddha all day long. Sure. You could talk, and I, I battled and fought with them out there too, by the way. You know, I have fought this thing all along. You know, well, okay, if you want me to take down my Jesus stuff because it's scared, the people coming in don't feel safe, mm. well, then I need you to remove the Buddha fountain from the clinical director's mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. and i also about while we're at it let's go down to the the table that looks like an altar where you've got hindu gods and goddess statues and feathers and all this jazz and oh by the way well we'll just let's not burn the sage mm-hmm. for the people to get ward off the evil spirits after right. they've done their grief work and by the way we'll just get rid of yoga too when you do all that yeah yeah then that, come to me we're yeah. gonna we're gonna oh, 86 that, everything that yeah. stuff doesn't work <laughs> the yoga i'll be right back i had to go take some <laughs> yeah, stuff out yeah. oh crap my sage. you know but but i don't I have to i don't have too. to worry about that anymore <laughs> i don't it's just sorry, to not sage. it didn't work for him either. <laughs> sorry, sage. Uh, yeah just to be able to walk in and to know that i can just I don't, I don't have to worry about that anymore, right? Yeah. Like, And I can tell people that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for these things that the creator created. We're looking to the creator Amen. himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's where our power comes from. Right. That's where the juice comes from. Yeah. You yeah. know? And, and listeners, I think it's critical. Like, she's not saying that stuff doesn't work because she's some self-righteous or we have kind of reached some self-righteous level. standard level. Yeah. Um, God, you know, you know, Stephanie, the Lord lets you walk a journey, um, and you did everything but to uh, bend the knee to, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was it was a it was it was a fight mm-hmm. of you trying to prove God wrong to the point where. He let you get to the ditch yeah. and realize that he's all you've ever had. He's all you've ever need. And he's all you will ever need until you see him in glory. Right. And he's all I ever wanted. I just didn't know it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, the father, that, yes. the, the father that never left you. Yeah. You know, right. yeah. the, uh, the comforter that never, That's right. you know, stopped comforting yeah. you though. You might have rejected his yeah. comforts at times. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, a lot of women, you know, we want the bad boy. Mm. Well, there ain't nobody better than him. I know, that's right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. that is him. Yeah, I know, that's right. <laughs> Who was it that had the concert you would go to? Oh, yeah. What was it? Yeah. Corn. Corn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, yeah. And and just to just to advocate um, for the listener um, obviously, we're telling our stories from, you know, our context and what we've seen and experienced. But, man, you, whether you're living in, you know, Nashville or San Diego or, you know, a, a, yeah, or another country, 
Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> or Nebo. Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin or like, Nebo, yeah. The, if, you, if your eyes have been open to the gospel and you recognize your brokenness and your desperate need from Jesus and you are, are, are realizing that, that you have nothing to offer anyone um, that is in need apart from Jesus Christ, realizing like, you realize, like, I'm not qualified to go serve anyone, but because of Jesus, um, I'm going forward and, and pronouncing that that he is the bread of life and that I was the beggar who found the bread, and I want to show another beggar where the bread is, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think the tension is, is we think, oh, wow, that's really, that's really cool what Stephanie's doing in her story. Um, I could never do that. Well, the fact is, is, is Stephanie could not do what she's doing without the personal work of Jesus interceding on our behalf, realizing that the functional saviors that she had created for herself uh, were continuing to draw her to a place of emptiness. But it was rather the risen Lord who was God himself, God incarnate, um, who could only do the work of restoring her back into uh, a relationship with the Father. And so that is the same same, same thing that God wants to do in your life and then invite you uh, to begin to walk with those in wherever your city that you dwell at or town or little, you know, 128 uh, population town of Nebo, like <laughs> where Justin's from. Like, or if you're living in a car right now. Or you're living in a van down yeah. by the river. Yeah. Yeah. Like one. 178. 178, Nebo. But but ultimately, go. uh, Go and seek those and walk with those. Um, You don't have to come to Bowling Green to do this. You don't have to go on a a short-term mission trip to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, um, the things that we see every day at Hope House, I promise you, with the way that the drug epidemic is in our country— you are probably a short two-minute drive from it. A lot it. closer than you think. Uh, or stone throw. It, yeah, it could Next be. Next door. It could be a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, could, it literally is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, don't, don't drive to Bowling Green except who? Who can come to Bowling Green? There's one person. That is allowed to come to Bowling Green. The man from Wisconsin. The man from Wisconsin. Yes. From Wisconsin. Yeah. They can come here. But but you don't need to come to Bowling Green to do this. Um, we spend a lot of time connecting with people who are asking about, you know, how Hope House has gotten to where it is. Well, first off, because of Jesus' generous mercy and grace. And for whatever reason, he has chosen to create, you know, uh, growth here. And... Um, but but ultimately, it's we we want to find a way to to help empower others, and so we we just know that there's people out there in your community, if you're listening, who who are the Stephanies and and the Justins and the Joshes and the and the and the Aarons that are doing this work every day. So go join them, mm-hmm. uh, jump in and join them in the work of uh, reconciliation and seeing Jesus restore all things back into Himself. So yeah. Amen. And, well, I, and I just want to, I'm sorry, I'm just really quick, yeah. I meant to throw this out there, but if I w- would be, feel horrible if I didn't, you know, God has redeemed and restored so much in my life. And I didn't mention this, but you know, um, my daughter and I are closer than ever. Amen. Yeah. She's 27 yeah. years old and she's amazing and 
we talk every day. Yeah. Um, and God gave me a godly man. I have a husband who is someone I never. Adam Hammond's prayed for me, for him, for me. <laughs> That's another Adam. Adam is <laughs> not. Adam is not her husband. Yeah, yeah. We He's not. Adam on but the he podcast. prayed this man into yeah. my yeah. life. <gasps> That's a great idea. He Bring literally prayed Adams. this man into my life. But he's a good man, and he's a godly man, and um. Just, you know, my family, my family is, is asking questions about God. You know, yeah. I, Amen. I, you know, it's, he's touching just everything, everything through, it's just, it's him. He's just, yeah. just amazing. And he's cool. real and he's alive and he's active and he's everywhere. Amen. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I'm glad that Jesus has, has on purpose pursued you. Yes, you me know too. What I'm like, yeah. and even throughout your whole life. He's been there. He's he's known about you. He's known what you're gonna go through and what you're gonna do and not do. And then that moment where he he transformed your heart, that that one moment. And then even then after that point you still had years yeah. of but he never stopped. That's he never right. ceased from being a part of your yeah. life until he really um came face to face yeah. with you and, and and yeah, you know. it is. It's like I, I'm not in glory, but I feel like I've come face to face. Amen. Yeah. He just sorting out the wreckage. I isn't love he? it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And using it, using yeah. it. You Absolutely. know. And and it's funny how like things that happen in your life is for you. It's like hap like an accident. Well, like 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 with Murphy and and the man from Wisconsin, essentially, mm-hmm. or where God utilizes placing that man to pull over where he pulled over. You know, at that, at that gas station for the purpose of seeing what he saw mm-hmm. to call the police to get this man. The, sure. Today, call the police when no, no, pulled no. over? Well, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it it might have been another man from Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, uh, but yeah, just God, how God utilizes yeah. certain little things in your life to, in order to really get you where he desires you to be. And you don't see it because we're Mm-mm. standing close to the painting. We can't see it mm-hmm. until, like, you get back. And see it, and yep. you can. Oh, I do see what it is now, Absolutely. but you can't see it when you're in it. Yeah, you know. But but God' hand was there the whole time. The whole time. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Man, I got nothing to add after that. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah. Justin. Justin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> any, like, oh no. Any, any closing thoughts? Uh, I mean, just thank you, Stephanie, for being able to come on here and be vulnerable. And, um, because I know it'll be encouragement for people to hear. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's kind of what Aaron just said. It's like it's easy when you're telling the story and you go, "Oh yeah, that piece fits with this piece." Mm-hmm. But if you're in it, just be encouraged that those pieces are and can come together. Yep. Um, for good reason. And that, and that you can trust in a good God to use crooked sticks to make a straight path. I mean. Yes. Because none of us deserve to be here. We, we may not have the same stories and same backgrounds and all that, but none of us deserve to see what God is doing mm. in the lives of so many of these people. Like, it is incredible. And it's like, if I could somehow bottle it up to, like, take it to other people and be like, this is what I mean by what we get to see God do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then, uh, then we would never need more volunteers. We would never need more employees. We would need, you know, more construction crews to build all the buildings we'll be building because it's yeah. like an incredible feeling to know and to see what God is doing and to know it's only God doing it. Because mm-hmm. if it's left up to us, 
well, you've heard two stories of where it, where it gets. So, yeah. um, so good. But it's just incredible to see Jesus at work and being able to see that up close every day. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, Justin. All right. Josh, anything? No, I, I, I really enjoyed that. You know, um, having that common bond, like, like Steph was talking about, you know, she was talking about, uh, being able to share with the ladies and not like she was saying, anybody can, well, there's a lot of people that can, you know, spread the good news of the gospel and stuff like that. But when you have a common bond with somebody, uh, that is struggling with addiction and you say, Hey, you know what? Guess what? I've been in that trench too. You know, the ears perk up a little mm-hmm. bit more and the heart softens up a little bit. And it's a barrier uh, that quickly starts to come down. Um, and like Steph was saying, to, to be able to to do that walk with somebody and to see that light come back in behind somebody's eyes um, once they start to, to, to find and nurture that, that relationship with Jesus, like it is like, that is it. That's the paycheck. That's, that's, that's yeah. the paycheck. Mm-hmm. And you it's know. not just that they're seeing the light come back on because, oh, I don't have to use today. Right. It, there's what we see here at yes. Hope House is the, the light is coming on and they're claiming it's because of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The real reason that yes. the light ever comes on. Yes. That is, that is the worst. That's the hit. Yeah. That's yes, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, I, I, I enjoy it because um, I, I love to hear the, the ugly and, 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 you know, the just everything that's ugly and then to hear it all come back full circle uh, with, with the power and the redeeming power of Jesus. It's just, man. You can't you can't top that, you know. Beauty you know? from and ashes. And I've seen I've seen Braveheart like six times, <laughs> you know. And you just you can't you can't top it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, again thank for you. being here um, and sharing thank your you story and just willing to be vulnerable in a place that uh, I know, um, along with us, uh, you're praying that it impacts somebody's life. Yep. And yes. So we appreciate yes. you so much, and uh, that concludes episode three so thank you so much for being with us and uh come back next week uh and um just once again man from wisconsin yes (laughs) bye the day is coming yeah we're looking for you we're looking yeah all right right. bye everybody thank you for listening to the redeeming poverty podcast with brian lewis justin crow josh murphy and me, Aaron Whitlow. Please like and share and subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms.